Dear listener, we were recording this podcast as a tragic shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School was unfolding. Please pray with us for the marriages that have been rocked by this event and are now grieving their loss. We love you guys. Episode 148, From Mourning to Joy. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk sex, love, and commitment. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And we are midway through December, folks. Christmas is right around the corner. And and December is one of those months where you can get so caught up in the busyness and um, just really overwhelmed with everything that's going on with all of your commitments. Uh, businesses are wrapping up their year end, and, and there's just all of these things coming at us from a lot of different directions. Yeah, you know, for us, this week alone, we've had a couple of performances by our daughter, Abby. She was in a choir, so she's had a couple of performances. She has another one. We celebrated our son Alex's 10th birthday. We are headed off to a play this evening. You know, on top of that, we have the Christmas shopping that we still want to do. There are Christmas parties that we are attending, that we are putting on. So there's still a lot going on. And like Elisa said, you know, we're, we're only halfway through. Christmas is around the corner. And if you're anything like us, you're probably trying to find some time to steal away, though. Mm-hmm. Just for you two. So that you can have some quality time together. So you don't go running into Christmas, stressed out, all balled up, and then... Christmas Day comes and it's just a sort of a huge letdown mm-hmm. or just a relief and then there's no connection. That's not what we want to happen for you guys. Well, and we were actually, uh, Alex's birthday, we, the kid had the most amazing 10-year-old birthday ever. He, we were able to find uh, through Groupon a rolling video game truck. Which was rad. Which, you know, if you have boys... Seek one of these out for a birthday party. This was the most amazing thing. So this guy rolls up with, you know, the tr- pulls it with a truck. It's this big trailer and opens up the trailer. And there's a full length of the trailer is a couch. Mm-hmm. There are four giant HDTV screens in there with 46 inches. Oh, they were 40. See, mm-hmm. details guy would know. So four 46 inch TVs with four game consoles and a library of video games. Yeah. And my son, really, I think he I, he was just, he was in heaven. I, he's not one to, uh, prone to large excitement. You know, he just doesn't wear his emotions. Mm-hmm. But this kid, he is just, he's still riding high 24 hours later. And his buddies came and, and the boys literally, they would show up and barely acknowledge the adults that were around. And then they disappeared into the truck and they just, they played. They yeah. just played video games. Nobody was telling them to get off. Nobody was telling them to eat. They'd take breaks periodically to eat. And it was just, you know, it was a fabulously indulgent birthday party. But what was really neat about it was to see Alex's excitement that we had finally stumbled upon a birthday party. I mean, he came in after all his friends left last night. He's like, Mom, I want to do that next year. I'm like, I've got 365 days to plan the next one. And he has already decided next year, video game truck, exact same thing. He wants to know what day his birthday is going to be next year. And just, it's so neat to be able to give our kids a gift that just makes them light up. But the neat part of this was, is that some of the parents had said they were going to spend some time, you know, hanging out with us. It was kind of going to be a parent's party with a kid's party. And a few of them actually decided to go on date night instead. 
which is really cool. I mean, we started looking at it and a, a number of them came up and they were going, you know what? We're going to leave so-and-so here and we're going to go do a date night. And these are friends of ours that know who we are, that know what we do, that some of them listen to the podcast or on the Facebook fan page. They know how much we cherish and we want to build up marriage. So we were looking at them going, don't talk to us anymore. See you later. Take care. Have a great time. Be back, you know, at eight o'clock to pick up your, your son. Other than that, go. Go. And like Elisa said, many of them did choose to do that. We thought they were going to hang out with us, but it was just awesome to be able to give them that night away during this time of year. Mm -hmm. And some of them did go out to just go Christmas shopping, you know, walk the malls, do what they want to do, but they were doing it by themselves and they didn't have kids in tow. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's finding those unexpected moments. Mm -hmm. Yes. But also being deliberate about them instead of saying, oh, well, I'm just going to, you know, we're going to putz around the house or do whatever. It's like, no, we're going to spend this time together. Mm-hmm. And so it was, that was an unexpected gift for Tony and I last night as parents were saying this to us. And like you said, we were showing them out the door, stop talking to us, go, go do what you got to do. Go. Um, so that was just a neat thing. And for any of you that have listened to us for a while, um, you've heard over the last couple of years that the day after Alex's birthday is our son, Andrew's birthday. Right. And if you want to hear the whole story about Andrew and the other struggles we've had before we started our 60 days of sex challenge, listen to episode four, it's called listener feedback. And that's going to go over these, the big issues that we struggled with, you know, up into 11 years of our marriage. These are the big ones that really hit us that, that could have just ended our marriage at any point in time. And Andrew is one of them. And so you can listen to that whole thing on episode four. And I do want to say, if, if there's anything that strikes a chord today, or if you've got your own story that you want to share, um, we love to hear from you. And you can always call us at 858-876-5663 or email us at info at one extraordinary marriage. And what I want to talk, what I want to talk about today is um, life after Andrew mm-hmm. and dealing with grief during the holidays and helping your spouse deal with grief during the holidays, because we know from personal experience that this is a really, really tough time. Our first Christmas, so Andrew, um, Andrew died on December 14th, eight years ago. And our very first Christmas, Tony's cousin was there with her two babies, her twins that had been born on December 7th. Right. And I remember walking into Tony's grandmother's house and having everybody passing around these babies. And actually somebody asked me if I wanted to hold one of the babies. And it was such, such a painful time that I actually left the room. I couldn't even be in the room uh, with the twins at that point in time because my pain was so raw Mm -hmm. and I really didn't even want to be there. Um, You know, and it's so funny because people are like, you actually celebrated Christmas with the family. And I think I was still in such a state of shock that it never dawned on me that we would maybe scale down Christmas that year. Right. And, and, and on the other side of that too, coming from that large Italian family, I wasn't very in tune to where Lisa was at this point in time in our marriage. I wasn't, we hadn't, we hadn't built up our communication like we have now. We, we didn't have our intimacy lifestyle. So we didn't, we didn't have a lot of these things in place that we do now. So I wasn't in tuned with her. And 
it is a family holiday. Uh, I come from a large Italian family. Everybody's getting together. We go. And that's just what it is. If I had been more in tuned with her and understanding and she and I had had more conversations, we'd had better communication and understood where we were going and where we were coming from, it probably would have been scaled down. And so that's where the importance of knowing your spouse and listening to your spouse really helps navigate some of these tougher issues that you may face. It would have allowed me, if I would have been in tune with Elisa and had asked her what's going on, it would have allowed me to better tell my folks, to tell my family to go, you know what? We may just stop in, grab a little bit of food, whatever, and then we're going to roll. Because at that point in time, Alex was only two years old. Mm -hmm. And so it wouldn't have been a huge thing for him. Or we could have just scaled it back and just said, hey, you know what, mom and dad, we'll make sure to open presents with you and all that, but we're not going to really get together with the entire family because of where we are at right now. And that's the importance of being able to communicate what's happening with your spouse. I didn't, I didn't know that. And so being bullheaded and being really stupid, it's, I don't care where, where you're at. It's a family holiday we're going. And, you know, being able to look at that because this is a time a lot of families do get together. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things that I would definitely encourage you. Um, we know we have a lot of listeners who have recently lost loved ones. And, you know, I'm borrowing some of the tips today from hellogrief.com, uh, this website that I found as we were just doing some research on this because I knew what I had been through, but it was also what are other people going through? What, what would I have done differently? Mm-hmm. And one of the tips they had was to definitely scale back. If you're not up for the large family affair, scale back. And I wish, because I remember walking out of that, you know, the first time one of Tony's aunts offered me one of the babies and I'm like, are you kidding me? Right. Did you just offer me somebody else's baby to hold? And then the other thing that was really hard, and this is, you know, for those of you that are listening that know someone um, who's dealing with grief this holiday season, don't be afraid to mention the name of the person who has died. Right. There's, there's a lot of times people are afraid that if they mention, um, in our case, if they mention Andrew's name, that I'm going to lose it. And yes, I will probably cry on you. It, it's still, you know, it's been eight years, but it's still there. The reality is, though, is that I want to hear you talk about my son. Mm-hmm. I, I, want you to, I want you to be okay mentioning his name because you know what? I am... You know, I woke up the kids this morning and said, hey, it's your brother Andrew's birthday. A- and we talk about him and he's, he's very much a person to us. And when you, when you don't acknowledge the person who has died by name, it, for the person that's grieving, it diminishes it for them. It makes them feel like he or she wasn't important. Right. And when we're in so much pain over the loss of a loved one, we just want to hear their name. It validates who they were, that they were there, that they were important. And for those of you that don't know, we lost Andrew at 18 weeks. Um, I did deliver him. We did spend time with him. He never took a breath. Um, but I hold on to that memory of him and his little body and praying over him. And so hearing his name and being able to share his story gives power to his life. Mm -hmm. 
And it allows us to say, you know what? This is a horrible thing that's happened. Whether you've lost a parent, you've lost a child, you've lost a sibling. A spouse. A spouse. You know what? It hurts. And I don't ever want to diminish that pain for someone because I know it. And it 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 doesn't feel fair and there are no reasons for it. And, you know, as I was telling Abby the other day, she's like, you know, I wonder why Andrew went to heaven first. I'll leave it to Abby to ask the questions that are on everybody's mind. But in that moment, I was able to tell her I finally got to the point in time after eight years where I can say, you know what? It doesn't matter that he got to go to heaven first. What matters is that he will be waiting for us in heaven when we get there. Right. And that's the hope that we have. That is, that's what got me through losing him. Mm-hmm. That's what's gotten me through these last eight years. But it's been, it's been a journey. And, you know, my, um, my uncle died right after Thanksgiving this year. And, you know, as I watch my cousins go through their grieving and, and just hearing some of the comments that they've received, I can tell you there are some things that you can definitely do to help those who are grieving. Please don't tell them that it's God's will. Please don't, please don't give them the platitudes that you think are making them feel better because we don't want to hear, get over it. We don't want to hear that it's God's will. We don't want to hear that, you know, snap out of it or any of these types of things. Uh, When I heard those things dealing with life after Andrew, I wanted to scream. I wanted to hurt the person that was saying that to me because you know what? I know deep down inside that it was God's will for Andrew's life to take the path that it did. And I can see in hindsight what has happened and, and what it has done for our marriage that Andrew lived, what it has done for, for our children. I can see all of these things, but in that moment, all those of us that are hurting want is the loved one back. Right. And for you who is sitting there and you have no words, it's okay. You don't have to have words there. You don't need to say a thing. You know what you need to do? You need to be Christ on earth. You need to love. That's all you got to do. And that person maybe all you got to do is just say, I'm sorry for your loss and hug them. That's it. You need to be Christ on earth. And what we are called to do when it comes down to the basic foundation of what he did on the cross for us, all we're asked to do is love. So don't say anything. Don't put your foot in your mouth. You know, just sit there and go, I'm sorry for your loss. Even if it's your spouse right now and you're going through this yourself, and you don't know what to say and you're trying to make you're trying to make sense of it all just hold your spouse tell him i love you that's it don't say anything silence is okay let him grieve let him cry i know it's weird i know it feels funky for many of us you know because we want to fill that void with words so ourselves so we ourselves don't even have to think about it mm-hmm. i know i've been there and i will have to say the best thing you can do is just love on them hey i'm sorry for your loss if there's something i can do to help you through this let me know let me know because i'm here for you 
And that's it. Move on. Just remember, you're Christ on earth and we're asked to love. And for those of you who are dealing with the loss, um, I want you to know that healing takes time. And you will find yourself overcompensating in a variety of ways. And the reason this podcast is happening this year is because I was out walking this morning and I had, I was just there and, and all of a sudden it hit me like it didn't even, I didn't even realize when I first woke up that today was December 14th. I knew it was, but it didn't like sink in. Okay. December 14th, Andrew's birthday. And so I'm out of my walk and I just said, you know, I'm just going to start thinking about the things that I'm thankful for. And I start running through people that I'm thankful for. And my girlfriend, um, Aaron, Mm-hmm. who has been a listener of our show, I, I started thinking about her and I thought, wow, she's the first woman that I really deeply shared Andrew's story with. Mm-hmm. And the reason why was that we met, <laughs> we met at a jewelry party and we were standing out in front of her girlfriend's house and just got real with each other and she had miscarried as well. And so we, we were coming from the same place of grief and, and we just got real with each other. And we stood out in her girlfriend's driveway for an hour at like 1030 at night talking about our lives and our kids and, and the losses. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful for Aaron. And then I kept walking and I thought, you know what? I, I started thinking, okay, who else am I thankful for? And, and I had met this woman named Abby earlier this year. And Abby is an intuitive life coach. And she and I, you know, she's like, let's just get together for coffee. And so we got together for coffee and you know, we're talking and having this moment and, and all of a sudden she's like, there's something going on with you. There's something holding you back from what you really want. And before I know it, I'm having this massive tear fest with her. It's, it's this impromptu therapy session about my loss and my grief and just the pain I felt over Andrew. And, and I realized in that moment when I was talking with Abby that I was carrying a lot of guilt for his life. I felt responsible for the fact that I had not been able to carry him to term. And I had been bottling this grief up and this guilt for the last seven and a half years. And through the, and like I said, impromptu therapy, she got me to work through that mm. and talk through that. I didn't even realize it was the hair. It was just this block that I had. And, and I realized that for the last you know seven years since Andrew died, I have overcompensated out the wazoo for my kids' birthdays. And my kids' birthdays have been, you know, month-long productions between when the first one starts and when Alex's birthday ends some years. And it's just, you know, they've got presents and they've got big parties and they've got all this kind of stuff. And and I've done that every year until this year. Tony and I were sitting here before we started podcasting and I realized, I'm like, wow, they just had birthday parties this year. Right. Nothing crazy. Although Uh, some of you may think having a video game... Trailer roll up is crazy. That was a Groupon deal. Yeah. It was half price on Groupon and that was for a kid's birthday party, a smoking deal. But yes, I mean, that, that may be over to the top, the rock climbing party. You know, it may be bigger birthday parties than you would do. But for us, I had really scaled down. Right. I even told the kids that their birthday parties were their birthday present from us this year. I didn't actually get them birthday presents, right. which is a first. And I realized, I'm like, something has happened this year. Something is different. And I started thinking about these women who have come alongside me this year that I have been able to share Andrew's story with to say, you know what? Here's what's happened in my life. Here's what it is. And I realized that talking to Abby and releasing that guilt, Mm -hmm. because sometimes, especially if we've miscarried or we've had 
child loss. There is that mommy guilt that we have over all the mistakes we've made in our children's life. If you've lost a child, that mommy guilt goes into hyperdrive. Because you play the what if game. What if I had done this differently? What if, what if I had stayed on bed rest? What if, I had, what if I had eaten better? What if I had exercised more? What if, what if, what if? And you can kill yourself with the what ifs. And your husband, and I'm speaking directly to the women now because you're the ones carrying the baby. Your husband cannot answer those what ifs for you. There is no answer to them. You know, and so, so for you husbands out there, like Tony said, just love on your wives. If you're helping your spouse deal with grief, they just need love and patience because it takes time. It has taken me eight years to get to a point where I was out walking today and I thought, I'm not hurting this year. I miss Andrew and I miss him terribly in his birthday. When it rolls around, I will cry on and off all day. It's just what happens. But this is the first year in eight that I can talk about him without that, that deep ache, that pain of why. Mm-hmm. And I am so, I am so empowered by that this year mm-hmm. that I am at a point where the breakthroughs that I've had in dealing with this, and it has been a journey. It has been Abby asking question after question after question. I mean, I really do think God gave her to us to make sure that we worked through this because it's just random. You know, mom, do you think there's a candy room in heaven? Do you think Andrew gets to go have like all the candy he wants in heaven? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, Abby. I see, I see how much candy, you know, upsets your stomach. I don't think Andrew's eating that much candy. And then we were talking about the color of eyes the other day and, right. and I have brown eyes and Tony has blue eyes. And so, and, and both, both kids have brown both eyes. of our kids have brown eyes, beautiful brown eyes, like their mother. I tell them all the time. And it struck me the other day. Abby and I were out driving, and we're talking about eyes of the kids. And and I said to her, I said, you know what? I bet you Andrew's your dad's blue eyed baby. And it was okay to say that, and it felt good to say, you know what? I bet you that's where my blue eyed kid is. Right. My blue eyed kid's in heaven. And just knowing that, you know what, I'm going to show up to heaven one day and there's going to be this little blue-eyed kid and I'm going to be like, you got your dad's eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember his long fingers and I remember his long toes and, and, but his eyes were closed. We never saw his eyes. Right. And so to have that and go, okay, you know what? It's good to think about that. It's good to think about our loved ones and it's good to talk about them. And it's good to have people who are encouraging of that. And, and I realized as I've made these breakthroughs this year where Andrew's life is having more meaning because I've talked to so many women. I've been doing a lot of speaking over the last few weeks. We're really building for the One Extraordinary Marriage Workshop that we're doing February 2nd here in San Diego at Grace Church. And so I've been talking to a lot of groups, building the buzz for that. And everybody comes up to me afterwards and like, you're so passionate about this. You're just, you're on fire. If we see the two of you, you know, if we see you and Tony together, I've had this comment uh, from two different women in the last week. You and Tony together, you just, you glow. There's like an energy about you and this passion. And I realized as I was out on my walk today that it's come because I've been able to break through my grief. That I've been able to take all of that bottled up energy that was consuming me affecting how I loved on Tony, how I loved on the kids, how I lived my life. 
And, and I'm starting to redirect that into one, into you guys, into getting out there and spreading the word and talking about making a marriage revolution, an international marriage revolution. We got an email today from Kenya, guys. Kenya. Mm. Another, awesome. another country in Africa that I'm like, oh, Tony didn't even realize that I'd scrolled down to the signature and I saw Kenya and I just about flipped. I'm like, we, you know, we had to look on the map. Where's Kenya? And I got so excited because I'm like, one more marriage, one more marriage. And I thought, that's Andrew's legacy, like breaking through his life and dealing with his grief and, and whether it's the grief of a loved one or the, you know, a spouse or a child or a sibling, there's so much energy that we put into our grief and we have to, because that's how we, in the early days, that's how you survive. Right. You survive because you're just, you have to close in on yourself. You, you only have so much energy to deal with the world and to deal with the holidays. That's why we talk about this now because the holidays are hard and you've got to limit where you're sending out your energy because you're in survival mode. But as, as the years go by and this is, you also came about with the message I saw my cousin post about these people that are telling her to snap out of it. I'm like, it's a process. I couldn't have told you the day after Andrew died that it would take me eight years, which seems like a blink of an eye when I look back on it. But that first year, that first year was hell. Mm-hmm. It was. It, it was. It was at a point where I didn't know what was going to happen in our marriage. It was, then I got pregnant again and I had spotting all during that, you know, my first trimester with Abby. And so I was constantly thinking it's going to happen again. I don't even think I started to enjoy Abby's pregnancy until probably six or seven months into the pregnancy right. because I was so scared. And we live when we've lost someone, we live with fear and we live with guilt and we live with all of these emotions and it's being able to work through them. Whether you have to go to therapy, which I didn't even know I needed thought I dealt with it. I really did. I thought, you know what? I've, I've, I'm good. I'm good. And then I have this, you know, impromptu session with Abby where she's just in tune to what I'm saying and and what I'm not saying. And she's like, there's something else going on. Where's the pain in your life? And and to be able to talk about it and say, oh my gosh, I, I have, I have needed help and I didn't know it. You know, and we talk to you guys all the time. Go seek help, go seek help. Sometimes you, you might just have to go and seek it and not even know that you need it. Hmm. If you've suffered loss, you might need to go talk to someone. Yeah. And, and right now, we want to give you sort of five tips that you can use during these holidays if you're dealing with grief. And, you know, our grief comes from the loss of our son, obviously. Elisa has told you that. But yours can come from a number of places. I mean, it could be a friend that you lost recently or a spouse, a parent, a grandparent, you know, it could be a number of different places that loss can come from and you're in a funky place. You're just in a funk. We both get it. You know, it's been a year and a half since my buddy Nick passed away. Mm-hmm. So it, that still affects me. You know, when I get on my bike, I still think of it. When I ride by that place where the car hit him and killed him, I still think of it. So we want to give you some action steps that you can use if you're going through this. And it could be at any level of grief. I mean, it could be raw as raw. It's right there at the top. You know, it's every little thing sets you off. Or it could be underlying. 
you know, more like what Elisa and I are dealing with Elisa with, you know, and I with Andrew and my, my buddy Nick, you know? So one of the big things though, is you need to save your energy for the important things. Really determine what is important right now. And it might be only one thing. And if that one thing is what is important to you, everything else needs to be pushed aside. And you really need to do that. And I know there are other people who are depending on you and there are people who are going, well, we need this and we need that. Guess what? It's a great time to delegate. That's number two. Delegate some of this stuff off. You know, do you have other siblings that you can give things to, to fill in those holiday meals or what have you? Are there friends that could take over some things for you while you're going through this? Be careful when it comes to the use of medication, alcohol, either by yourself or together. Be aware of what's happening. You know, we can drown our sorrows in those places and never feel a thing. And I will tell you, I've been there. I've done it. It's not worth it because you're going to have to face that pain and suffering and the grief eventually. So don't prolong it by just taking medication or drinking or doing drugs to subside the pain, all right? If you have an issue with that, please, please seek help. Spouses, if you see that this is happening to your spouse, to your loved one, seek help, okay? Don't let it just go on. Don't turn a blind eye to this. I have a very good friend, you know, whose spouse became addicted to prescription drugs. And it took years off her life, years and a lot of heartache and a lot of pain to get her off of it. So don't go down there. If you need time alone, take time. Did you catch that? It was quiet. It was quiet. Go somewhere and just be in God's presence. Don't say a thing. Don't. Get your iPod out. Don't get your iPhone out. Don't look at Facebook. Don't look at Twitter. Don't watch TV. Find a place where you can be quiet. That might be just for five minutes. You know, find that time to just seek him out and relax. And I know with some of you, you may have little ones running around. You're going, my goodness, how do we do that? They're napping. One's in school and one's napping. Take that opportunity. The laundry can wait. The dishes can wait. You know, let your spouse know, hey, I need help with this because I need to take five minutes of quiet time. Maybe you're going on a drive. Maybe you drop the kids off to school. Take a five-minute drive, 10-minute drive. Nothing's on. But find some quiet time for yourself. And then what Elisa brought up, which we didn't do, But if there is a large family affair, parties, maybe this year it's time to just scale it back. You know, maybe do a smaller one just with your folks and your siblings. Maybe it's not the whole family. Maybe you're just going to open up presents on Christmas morning and then you're going to just mosey on and do your, do your thing as a, as a family, you, your, your spouse and your kids, 
or kid. So look at those areas and determine, okay, what can I do so I can get through this difficult time? It's a season of life. We will tell you, you're going to get better. You're going to grow. It's just one Christmas. It's only one new year. There are many more to come. So don't look at it like everybody's going to be dependent upon you and, and everything's going to be messed up. Believe me, if we would have taken just Christmas morning with my family and then skipped everything else, Alex would not have a clue. He wouldn't know. And you know what? For us, we probably would have been a lot better place and we probably would have healed a lot quicker. And part of that stems from the fact that when you're around other people, especially the larger group gatherings, sometimes we feel we need to put on these masks that we're okay. And I did, I had to put on this front that I was, I was doing okay. You know, it was, it was over. Andrew had died. We'd moved on. And that, that was something I did in my head. Like nobody wanted to talk about Andrew. So I'm just going to pretend like he's okay. You know, we're okay. We're okay. We're okay. And so I had to put, I had to be rigid in my emotions. I had to stuff them. And I look back on why I was hurting. I didn't have to, you know, and and I, I do want to share, um, we had a listener recently who had heard our story and it resonated with him. And he actually shared with us a book called pray for Kaya. She is such a gift, uh, as told to us by her daddy, Ryan Donovan. And this is, I, we're going to put a link to it up on, um, Tony, we'll yes. do all the tech side. Yes. Put a link up to it, but it is her story. Kaya was a little girl born with um, some severe health issues, and it's this is her prayers, prayers for her by her parents. And it is an amazing, amazing look into this little girl's life and the faith of this family. And I want to, if you know someone that's dealing with this, it is a tremendous resource. And I just want to put it out there. But what I want to share with you, just in closing today, is so I'm out on this walk. And I'm looking at the sky and we've got this, you know, we're in San Diego. And so we don't often have cloud filled mornings. You know, typically everything blows through and except when it rains all day, except when it rains all day, which was Alex's big stress yesterday that was going to rain through his party. But I'm out on my walk this morning and in this very deep place of gratitude and thankfulness. And I'm looking at the sky and there are these amazing clouds and I'm just, you know, I look up and I'm like, wow, that cloud looks like an elephant. Now we don't have, cumulus clouds here very often. And so the, I, the fact that I could even get to a place where I'm seeing images in the clouds, you know, then I start looking around like, Oh, it looks like little animals. And I was telling Abby this morning, I said, look like there was a big party going on in heaven hmm. this morning. And, and she's like, well, what'd you see mom? And I tell her, I'm like, I saw elephants and I saw, you know, so don't think I'm hallucinating. It's just, you know, when you're a kid and you can see images in the clouds. And I thought, what a gift that this morning of all mornings, I can see the images in the clouds. Then I'm out walking. I have my quiet time. I thought, oh, you know what? I'm just wrapping up my walk. I want to hear a little bit of music. I've got my iPhone with me and I turn on Pandora and I've got, Tony has put together a Mercy Me radio station. So it's all Christian worship music. And the song comes on. The very first song comes on. It's by Mercy Me and it's called The Hurt and the Healer. And I didn't recognize the song and I almost skipped through it. I'm like, no, I want to hear something I know. Like, that's what I want to hear. And I thought, no, you know, I like Mercy Me. Let me just listen to this song. And we're just going to play a little clip for you. But I, I'm also going to ask Tony to put a link to the lyrics. 
Because if you're dealing with grief this holiday season, I really want you to listen to the song, look at the lyrics, because this was, this was God speaking to me this morning and saying, you know what? I got you covered. I got your little boy and he's just fine. And so are you. as you're heading into this holiday season and you've heard our story and the journey that we've been on to go from morning to joy, I encourage you to love on those that you know that are grieving this holiday season. It may be you. Maybe you just need a little love yourself and you need to ask for it because people don't know. But know that we are praying for you um, as we go through this own season ourselves. Know that there is hope that time really does heal those wounds Mm-hmm. I, I Like I said earlier, I had no idea that today would be such a special day for me, that I would realize the breakthroughs and the people that have been instrumental in my life over the last eight years, and that I could get to a point where it's just the missing of him and not the hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that is that is truly the gift of his birthday this year. And I encourage you all just to love on each other, love on each other. Cause we're loving on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with that, you guys let us know, let us know how we can pray for you. That's the big thing right now. As we go through this, you know, end of the year into Christmas and the new year, how can we pray for you? What is it that is laying on your heart about your marriage, about your family, about your kids, Know that almost every night, Elise and I, we read our Jesus Calling, and then we take time. We take time to pray together, and we pray for One Extraordinary Marriage. We pray for you. We pray for our family, and we just lift up each of you to God, and knowing that he has all of us in his hands, he knows the plans that he's laid out for our lives. And it is a time for us to just sink into him and just give everything over to him. If you want to do that, you can email us at info at one extraordinary marriage.com. Or if you'd like to call that in, you can do that at 858-876-5663. Folks, have yourself a fantastic week. We love you. And we will catch you next week.